The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I have with me today my guest, and today she's my guest, but actually she is also host of her own show, Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. So I would just like to welcome top therapist, and I am happy to say my colleague and my friend, Sandra Reich. Sandra, welcome to Born to be Breastfed. Oh, thank you so much, Marie, for having me back. It's a pleasure. Sandra is a very interesting woman, and I have to tell you that while I met her on a Uh, kind of, oh, you know, here's this other radio show host doing this other thing. Oh, yeah, it might be fun to get together. Honestly, I have been intrigued by all that Sandra has to say. And we've talked off the air, too. And actually, uh, I would say that was a pretty long phone call. (laughs) We got all these emails, too. I couldn't stop talking to you. You're so interesting. My God, Uh, a wealth of information. Well, I think it's mutual. But, Sandra, in the last show, You talked about what the term that you used was the story in your head. Yes. And since then, we had Dr. Kimberly Thompson on the show. And uh, Kim Thompson specializes in postpartum depression. Okay. She said that that, quote, story in your head might be words, but to my utter astonishment, she said it also might be a picture or some sort of mental image in your head. What do you say to that? I think she's quite right. And I think that the story that you tell yourself or the story that you see in your head becomes your reality. I mean, we know through neuroplasticity, the most exciting stuff in the world, that what we tell our brain over and over again is what our brain creates, be it an image or be it words. So if we tell our brain that we just can't have a good life or things can't work out for us, our brain believes us. It creates exactly what it's told. If you tell your brain you're in Hawaii, it believes you. If you tell your brain the stars are the limit, your brain believes you. Yeah, you know, when my brother-in-law came home with that, oh, I don't know, maybe in the early 70s or so, he was going to graduate school for psychology. And I thought he was like, flipping nuts okay (laughs) but I have since really understood that that works or doesn't work Uh, it, it works either for you or against you and so I guess I would just really warn people that if you are thinking good thoughts you are likely to be in a good space if you're thinking bad thoughts and you spend a lot of time saying 
I know in my business I hear, I don't have enough milk, I'm not sure if I'm a good mother, I'm a terrible mother, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that seems like it's the story in your head. Yep. And that is not a good thing. No. Sandra, I really want to ask you about this thing that you and I mentioned just briefly off the air, and I don't really fully understand it. So I want you to dive into it. You said... Well, let me start with what my question was. I had said to you, Sandra, I read all of these studies, and they say that uh, blah, blah, blah happens with anxiety and depression. Blah, blah, blah happens with depression and anxiety. Why do they clump these these studies into the same pot? Mm-hmm. And you said to me they are two sides of the same coin. Can you talk to us about that? Oh, yes. And the research is coming in like literally nonstop now on this topic. We've always known that they're close cousins, but now we know much more about it. We know the genetics actually seem to be the same. The neurobiology overlaps. The the psychological and the biological vulnerability are the same in anxiety and depression. So let's think about this for a moment. First of all, um, people with the vul- same vulnerability react to with anxiety life stressors, and some people react with depression. But think about even the cyclical nature of this. Imagine you were feeling anxious and started avoiding things because when you're anxious you avoid things and your world your world started to get smaller and you started to feel down about that and as you started to feel down about it you started thinking what's wrong with me which then caused you to feel more anxiety as you started to feel more anxiety you think to yourself oh my god I'm falling apart and you start to feel more depression so Uh. um, it's mm-hmm. they they really work together and now we're finding out that it's actually similar if not the same mechanisms in the brain exactly they're playing out but you can see how they play off of each other for sure that's so interesting uh, sandra let me ask you this you if i understood you correctly off the air you had said something about repressed emotions yes. what uh, like what does that look like i don't i don't know like okay i uh I uh, don't get my work done until nine o'clock last night, and so I'm feeling bad about myself. Is is that a repressed emotion, or is it that I, uh, I I don't know? I lose my suitcase at the airport, and I would really like to stand there and cry, but I don't. Is that a repressed emotion. What are repressed emotions? Okay, great question. I want to go through your example. First of all, in the first example, you were doing critical voice, which also is very linked with depression and anxiety. So you hit upon something important there. You know, I'm a loser because I did my work late at night. I didn't get enough done. That is a critical voice. We we tend to learn that early in life. And that voice, the, the loudness of that voice, plays a huge effect on how we feel about ourselves. Repressed emotions was more your second example. So Mm -hmm. you lose your suitcase and you don't allow yourself permission or your suitcase is lost to cry. Or perhaps you're upset with your partner and you say, you know what, good girls don't get angry. And I don't, because anger works on the same system in the body as anxiety. So it tends to be with the repressed anger in particular. So show me somebody who says I never get angry and I'll show you somebody who gets anxiety. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like the energy of the emotion. It doesn't get a release. So it tends to manifest in a different way because where is it going? I mean, we're born with anger, Marie. 
we come out of our mother's belly screaming. We're born with anger. And yet uh, women show up with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression at a higher rate than men. And yeah, we're not yeah. all... We're not always expressing anger. Now, I'm not saying we should go punch windows, right, but we right. do have to acknowledge that, you know, when you're at that airport, maybe you're sad, maybe you're even angry, and that's okay, because if you can acknowledge those feelings, you get release. We need that emotional release to be free of those symptoms. So, presumably, then, if we retain those angry feelings or frustrated feelings or whatever, then that sets us up for having a trigger that puts us into anxiety or depression or both. Yes, yes, particularly anger. There's no question about that. And, I, you know, some people will not get anxiety. Some people might get just sick mm-hmm. or who knows what. But the okay. thing is that, again, you have to think of your emotions as your guidance system. They're there, they're emote, emote, Latin to move. They're oh. there to tell you what to do. And if you are pushing them down, which is repression, particularly anger, if you are pushing them down, that energy is going to come out in a different way. For some people, it's depression for some people it's anxiety for some people it's disease but i would really encourage you to be and and anxious people are also very cognitive they don't always know what they're feeling so i know even myself early early years i had to learn to ask myself what am i feeling right now i knew what i was thinking but i didn't always know what i was feeling that's i, I guess i'm looking inside of myself thinking about for instance uh, working a lot of labor and delivery, having a lot of close calls with babies, and thinking I never wanted the mother to see that I was nervous. And so right. I would I would just turn that inside, and I would talk very softly and say, now the baby is having trouble breathing, you know, trying to be all together. But really, when I got off duty, I couldn't go to sleep. You know, I was really, <laughs> I was really torqued up about that inside, and I think that's what you're saying. Well, yes, but it, particularly you were you are in a field where you have no choice. You're on, and that's yeah. why um, when you're in any kind of caretaking profession, we are the most susceptible to these kinds of problems because we have to be on. So we have to do a lot of self soothing, and mm. we we're very good at taking care of others. Caretakers are fabulous at taking care of others, but not good at taking care of ourselves. And we've got to learn at the end of the day to do, and even while it's happening, a lot of self soothe and a lot of self care caretakers fall like flies we are the absolute worst at taking care of ourselves mm, yeah and I, i'm women sure are caretakers and i'm women sure are you're right uh, yes sorry <laughs> that's okay so sandra you have this really interesting youtube video and it yeah. talks about perce- perception is reality that's really the 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 thrust of the message in that youtube now this is a big one. I hear this all the time. I don't have enough milk. I don't have enough milk. I don't have enough milk. I hear this from many breastfeeding mothers. And interestingly enough, I believe the studies go back to something like 1962 of saying that this is mother's number one concern. So when another expert says to me, Mrs. So-and-so doesn't have enough milk, you know, Ms. Reach doesn't have enough milk for her for her baby. I say, well, wait, wait, wait a minute. Does she actually not have enough milk or is that just her perception? Is that just her report? Right. Because I got to separate those two things out before I can tell you how I can help here. So talk to us about this perception thing, because 
I really believe that this messes up breastfeeding mothers as well as the rest of us. I think you're right. And I think it expands to anything. And I think it's similar to the story in your head. Perception is reality. So if I say um, I'm in a beautiful room right now, and let's say you were here and you said this is an ugly room, who would be right? It's we're both right. So how we see things is our truth. So when it comes, you're bringing it back to breastfeeding. And it's similar to the story in your head is if I tell my brain again, I don't have enough milk. My brain is going to believe me believe that just mm-hmm. like if I tell myself this room is beautiful and I feel wonderful here, it's going to believe me. So it's very important because the again, the neuronal pathways get formed by the story, we, the thought that we keep saying. And all our thoughts are perceptive when you think about it. Everything you're thinking right now and I'm thinking right now and your listeners are thinking is perceptive. Someone's thinking, <laughs> this is, someone's thinking this is an interesting, great show. And someone's thinking, meh, not interested in this. Uh, neither of them are wrong. They're both having their own perceptions. So if it comes to breastfeeding, if you're going to tell yourself you don't have enough milk, uh, your brain's going to believe you. The neuronal pathway is going to be formed even stronger. And there and there we go, round and round and round. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. When they start out with what, to me, seems like physiologically enough milk, and then sooner or later, after they've said however many times, I don't have enough milk, I don't have enough milk for my baby, blah, 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 blah. Sooner or later, honestly, Sarah, they, they, Sandra, they end up with, guess what? Not yeah. enough milk. <laughs> and and so, you know, you're not surprised to hear that because of those, as you say, neuronal patterns. And so I guess the real question is, how can we change those neuronal, neuronal patterns? And is there a treatment for anxiety? And that is why all of our listeners should hang on, because on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about treatments for anxiety. Hey, everybody. Awesome. I'm Marie Biancuto. I am here today with host of... Uh, straight talk with Sandra Reich and that person who is actually my guest is Sandra Reich <laughs> we'll both be right back thank you so much become our friend on Facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. 
Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I have with me today top psychotherapist in Montreal, the wonderful Sandra Reich. So, Sandra, we were talking in the first segment, and we talked in our previous show that we had two weeks ago together. We've been talking about kind of that whole stuff in your head, what you tell yourself, what you don't tell yourself, and how the anxiety and depression uh, are really pretty important. And in fact, when you look at the statistics, and I've looked at several of these statistics on postpartum depression, which it seems to me that there's a lot of press. You know, everybody knows that postpartum depression is big. What people don't really know is that postpartum anxiety is also big. In fact, some sources would say there's actually more postpartum anxiety than there is postpartum depression. And of course, you know, as my father would say, statistics lie and lie, liars make statistics. So I don't know which one is more. But anyway, there are a lot of people walking around out there with postpartum anxiety or depressions. And one of the things that I hear, especially from breastfeeding mothers, is that they get really worried that they don't want to come forward to talk about their depression, even if they know they've got it, or their anxiety, even if they know they've got it, which most of them don't, um, is that they're worried about taking medications with, uh, with breastfeeding. So I could address the breastfeeding part of that, but actually what I would like you to talk about is the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or mm-hmm. what's commonly known as SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, can you give us a few popular examples? And then, just so people like know what you're talking about here. And the other thing that people worry about is, will they become addicted to them? So tell us, what are some common examples, and is it true that people get addicted? Okay, so that's a really great question, multiple levels to it. Okay, 
So first of all, um, I think it's very important that patients um, do have this information so they can advocate for themselves, meaning there are many, many different SSRIs and there is um, uh, meta studies that have been done on which ones are better tolerated than others. So I want to talk about that for a moment. Um, So again, you you spelled it out, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So what it does is serotonin is flowing along in your brain. There's a a synapse where it stops. Uh, Sounds very technical, but it's important to know. Um, and then it starts again. So what that, that, that drug does for you is it makes the serotonin flow across the synapse so it doesn't stop. Now, this is not a bad thing as compared to, let's say, what is commonly known as the anti-anxieties, which are the benzodiazepines, the Xanax, mm. and those yep. are very addictive drugs, Okay, they work yes. like scotch. You take them 20 <laughs> minutes later, you're ch- they do. And I, yes, I, do, yes. I do not recommend them. There is a place for them, but they have a, you develop tolerance very quickly and you need yes. more and more of the drug. Okay, SSRIs, on the other hand, you do, it wouldn't be my starting approach, but if someone's in severe anxiety or severe depression, SSRIs can be life-changing. The whole um, controversy about addictiveness about them started, first of all, there was a very big, huge movement in Scientology, as you know. There's a lot of buying out of web pages on SSRIs oh, yeah. saying that you're going to go like become the devil if you take them. Um, I'm not raw-raw medication, but I do think there's a place for it. Actually, the way it works is that because it is a brain chemistry medication, you cannot, like when you start it, there is first three weeks can have, you know, a little bit of funky side effects and you cannot stop taking it suddenly. So what happened is a lot of times people weren't explained this properly. So if you stop taking an SSRI suddenly, it could seem like it's an an addictive substance because you could start having such serious symptoms like brain zaps. But if you wean off an SSRI, I have personally not seen anyone have that problem as long as they go nice and slowly. Slow. Again, not first order of choice for me, for right. my patients, but if they remember, if someone's severely anxious or severely depressed, that's like someone drowning in a pool. You cannot teach someone to swim when they're drowning. You got to mm-hmm. get them on dry land and SSRI might be the dry lands or exercise. That, that is a really good comparison. Yeah. So that's my next question. We have had now two guests on our show talking about the effects of exercise. Yeah. Uh, I've read these studies as I understand it. Exercise is every bit as important or as effective as medication. What say you? I'm a very big believer. I actually think that um, the three components, I think I said this on the last show, are food, sleep, exercise, are the, you know, much more important than we realize, food, sleep, exercise. You're asking me about exercise. Yes, lots of research has shown same effect as antidepressant medication. So, for example, if someone's listening and says, no, 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 I would never want to take medication, it's, and, and, you know, I understand lots of people feel that way, and maybe that's not our first order of business. Well, then you need to get cardiovascular exercise in your life, that sweaty stuff, you know, and you can (laughs) dance around your apartments or take a brisk walk, but I guarantee you, you will feel better if you do exercise. So definitely we start with food, sleep, exercise before we consider anything else. And although those sound incredibly basic, they are life-changing for anxiety and depression. And in a way that makes just so much sense because what do we all need? We all need food. We all need, uh, what was the second one? Sleep? Sleep. Sleep and 
sleep, sleep and exercise. So, Sandra, I want to go to the sleep part because I don't know. I feel kind of stupid telling a breastfeeding mother who is the mother of a tiny little baby, get some more sleep because this baby is up like every two or three hours. Okay. So it's not very realistic for me to say, Oh, you know, go home and get eight hours of sleep or 10 hours of sleep or sleep in on Saturday morning. That's just not realistic. So what do you recommend for somebody like that? Well, first of all, um, you mentioned two hours here, two hours there. It still counts, number one. Number two, this is where meditation and relaxation strategies could come in really handy because they have a similar impact on your brain as sleep, is taking those little power naps or taking even a power meditation or a power Mm. relaxation strategy. These are things you would learn and can learn easily. Uh, We have them on our anxiety videos tapes. There's a lot of ways to learn this that take less than 10 10 minutes and your brain is getting a surge of all sorts of nice, nice relaxation response um, hormones and all sorts of great stuff like that. Um, Every time you close your eyes, it counts. So no, you can't always get eight hours of straight sleep, but you can definitely do a relaxation response and rest. I highly recommend it, especially for new moms. Yeah. Now what I'm thinking is that when you, are lactating and the baby is suckling, there is a surge in prolactin, which will automatically make the mother feel a little sleepy. Mm. And so as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, okay, this is like nature's way of telling the mother, don't don't do this other, like mothers are always wanting to multitask, you know? And you're saying this is not the time to be folding your laundry. Why don't oh. you just sit there and enjoy that that 10 minutes to really pull yourself together again. Yes, exactly. And if you know, if you learn how to do diaphragmic breathing, for example, and during those 10 minutes you were to do your diaphragmic breathing, oh my God, that would be very powerful. Very powerful. Well, Sandra, you just read my mind because I know with certainty that you and I and probably anybody else on the planet that knows about uh, the diaphragmatic breathing could probably talk for a whole show. We could probably talk a whole hour on that, but... (laughs) Uh, you, you know, I I want to kind of harken back to things like the ancient pranayama, or just just simple diaphragmatic breathing, and then there's all sorts of variations. But tell us, what do you recommend for people, and why does it work? Okay, first of all, I'm just back from a, a conference across Canada teaching this. It's and I teach it to the audience, and the audience is blown away. It is unbelievable how strongly it works. So, why does it work? Well, first of all, when you think of a baby sleeping, they breathe from their stomach, and as adults, uh, you and I, as we're running around in our day, we're breathing from our chest. Now, yes, so when we're, when we're breathing in, we're breathing O2 and CO2. Now, when O2 and CO2 get out of whack, which they do when we're talking quickly, like I am right now, or moving around quickly, our sympathetic nervous system gets activated. That's our fight or flight system. So the reason it works is when we go back to belly breathing, diaphragmic breathing, it actually sends a message to our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite system, which produces that relaxation response. So what, what I recommend people do is use their nostrils for the inhale and know that the response comes more on the exhale than on the inhale, actually. So, um, be careful. Do not be taking too much on the inhale. It's nice and slow. I like a one, two, three counts on the inhale and a one, two, three, four with a pause on the exhale. And if you do that for 10 breaths, research shows us, first of all, parasympathetic will be turned on, nice relaxation response. And what we know through research is that actually your immune system will get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll live longer. You'll look younger. 
I mean, I heard this as an intern. I was like, why do I have to learn this only if I have anxiety? <laughs> I want to look younger for sure. Yeah. So stop breathing. <laughs> Yeah, very important and very powerful. They've done studies on AIDS patients where their white blood cell counts have doubled from doing diaphragmic breathing. It is. Are you serious? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Well, I know, for instance, I have a little free app. And then, by the way, I bought the paid app, but I actually like the free one just as well, on pranayama, which is you can set it for however many counts in and however many counts out. But the basic idea is to have more counts on the exhale than on the inhale, which is pretty much what you just told us. Mm -hmm. And I like that because they have some little funky music that goes with it. And so you're really responding to the tones and it's tonal. It's not real music. It's just that you know, tonal stuff. Yeah. And I find that if I've done an all day class or something, I can do that even for like sometimes just five minutes. I prefer 10, but sometimes if I only have five and it really helps me to get my head together and to just go back there and be, for lack of a better term, on, as you mentioned earlier. And I just think, you know, I just also want to tell our audience before we go to break, The respiratory system is, to my knowledge, the only system that we have that is both involuntary and voluntary. And the ancients knew this. They knew that they could forget about their respiration and they would breathe anyway, or they could deliberately control their respirations. And that is a way to, uh, in in their words, uh, to move the energy. And I'm with you. Absolutely. Emotion yeah. is energy in motion. There is no question about, it. hey, everybody, do not go away because I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with my guest, Sandra Reich. And we will be right back. And we're going to talk about more ways to cope with anxiety other than just medication. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life 
of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I am your host today, but with me is a person who has her own radio show. It is top therapist Sandra Reich. She is host of um, Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. I had to think about that one a second. Mm-hmm. And Sandra's here today to talk to us about anxiety. So, Sandra, we talked about that story in your head in, in our last show that we did together. We talked about the story in your head. And when I came on your show, <laughs> we, we talked about a story in your head from the standpoint of labor and delivery. But uh, I want to talk about something that's similar but different, and that is positive affirmations. Now, when yeah. I first heard about positive affirmations, I looked and I said, that has got to be the biggest bunch of hooey I have ever heard of to tell yourself, I am beautiful, I am smart, I am rich, I am whatever, and it has to be in the present tense. And I'm like, oh, this is like just so nuts. So tell me, is it goofy or is there any science behind it? Well, it's, you know, again, there's two ways of me answering this question. One way is that, again, what your brain hears, your brain believes. So there is science. There's no question about it. Um, Do I sit here saying I'm beautiful and brilliant and that all these things? No, I don't. I'm much more of a believer in realistic thinking. and I'll get to that in a moment. But um, there is a lot of science to affirmations because, again, it feeds those neuronal pathways again. If you keep... so. Okay, when we talked about neuronal pathways, I want to make another thing clear here. So imagine if the government of the city you live in right now announced that you have to go on a red light. That would be really hard to learn. But you could learn it. How would you learn it? It would be almost like an affirmation. You'd be saying, Uh, okay, go on the red light, go on the red light, go on the red light, go on the red light. And it would eventually work. You'd start doing it. Now, on a bad day, you'd go back to stopping on the red light. So affirmations 100% will work because actually it's in a way it's a type of mindfulness. Think about it. You would have to do that to learn to go on a red light. So they do 100% work. Um, So for people who do them, keep at it. If it's working for you, great. Now, the only thing that I worry about is that, and I'm big on um, if you have a distorted thought, so a negative, a critical, I didn't get enough work done last night. If you did a positive affirmation, possibly there it would be, oh, I got tons of work done. I don't know if that, if my brain would buy that. So I like realistic. So if I say, 
um, I don't think that Marie likes me. And that's considered a distorted thought because I don't, well, I hope you do like me, but I don't, I don't, (laughs) let's say I didn't know you and, you know, I'm wondering about it and I'm telling myself a negative story. Um, That's called the distortion of mind reading. So if I now say that you love me, that's just as distorted because I don't know. So to me, a realistic response would be like, you know what? I don't know if she likes me. I can ask her if she likes me. And generally people seem to respond well, okay, or okay to me. So I'm probably okay. And if she doesn't like me, it's okay because not everyone's going to like me. That we use with anxiety too is to realistic thoughts to reduce the negativity in our brain. Because sometimes it can feel a bit Pollyanna to say everything is beautiful and wonderful. So two different things here. One kind of being, I'm good, I'm healthy, I can survive anxiety. Affirmations, tick, love it. One, where we're predicting the future with positivity. I don't think we can predict the future with positivity. I think we can predict the future with realistic thoughts of how we can cope, which is resilience, that I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'll do a good radio show, but I'll do the best (laughs) I can, and I'll survive if I don't. As you talk about that, I'm thinking about, yikes, I have no idea how many mothers have said to me when their breastfeeding session doesn't go very well, he doesn't like me. He doesn't <laughs> like my milk. He yeah. he doesn't want my milk. Right. And, you know, it's really funny because I didn't really know anything about this psychology or positive affirmations or story in your head. I didn't know any of that stuff. But when I was a very young nurse, I started out doing something that I just found very effective. And that was that I would say to the mother, you know, your baby and I had a little talk out in the hall and you're never going (laughs) to believe what he said to me. He told me, you are the best mother that he's ever had. And of course, (laughs) typically what happens is the mother kind of chuckles because of course the baby hasn't actually had any other mother, but that is realistic and it is true. And then I can augment that too. He told me your milk is really sweet, which Mm. I know it is because I know it's, it's formulated that way, you know? And so I think that in some odd kind of way, I knew enough to give her a positive message about herself that was, ha-ha, from her baby, not really. It was really my mouth, but it was a truism. And I was really surprised to see how very often mothers, you could just kind of see their tense shoulders come down, and you could feel them kind of moving into a better space of, oh, I'm then maybe, well, um, 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 maybe this isn't so bad. And I really do believe that if you're telling yourself something that is derogatory about yourself, that is definitely not a good message. Right. So uh, how about this then? You said to me that music, you told me this in an email, that music has been shown to be a treatment for anxiety. And I remember I read that and I thought, oh, Sandra, come on, give me a break. Is is there any truth? Sandra, tell me about this. Is there any truth to this? Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid there is, Marie. <laughs> I'm afraid there is. Um, Okay, so music right away goes into your brain and it goes into the emotional center of your brain. So it's actually not only is there proof, it's an extremely effective stress management tool. Um, It's very surprising, actually. The research shows that listening to music can have a relaxing effect on our minds and bodies, especially slow, quiet classical music, by the way. And uh, it affects our physiological functions, slowing your pulse, 
your heart rate actually can lower your blood pressure. And Marie, this one's for you. It decreases the levels of stress hormones. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So it really does. And it also works as a distraction. Um, and it helps you to explore emotions. As a matter of fact, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, oh my God, I haven't done that in a long time. I need to put some music on. It will help me, a very cognitive person, to go back to my emotions, make sure I'm dealing with my emotions. Again, um, type A personalities, people, movers and shakers of the world, um, it's it's wonderful to be a mover and shaker, but we often don't... Uh, check in with our emotions. And so I'm busy running around as you are, Marie. And um, it's very important to ask that question at the end of the day, what am I feeling and what do I need? Music could be my best friend. I suggest we all do it tonight. Put some music on and check in on what we're feeling and what we need. Just to give the audience a, a clue here, you can tell Sandra and I, in fact, none of my guests and I rehearse these things, but yesterday I'm making a quick trip trip out to the Walmart. I need to make a quick return out there. And I'm thinking, oh, I got Sandra Reach on the show tomorrow. She's going to tell me about this music thing. And so I'm turning on my classical station and I get this Grieg concerto or something, you know, and <laughs> I'm thinking, wow. Sandra, is this really doing anything for me? And the answer is that it in other words Sandra it really appeals to your emotions more so than maybe um I don't know just sitting by yourself so we should be sitting here with right now I've got on my Bose earphones and I've got this really great Bose whatever it is that my husband bought me for my office so I can sit and listen to music and you're telling me will I be more productive or will I just be more calm and therefore be more productive if I'm more calm Well, the research shows you'll be calmer. It will reduce your stress. It can relieve any depression, should you have any. There is even research that increases self-esteem in elderly people. Can you believe it? And it reduces emotional distress. So it's giving you a lot of good stuff listening on those Bose headphones. Uh, Good, good stuff. Uh, We forget sometimes, again, reaching that amygdala, the emotional center of the brain. Very important. I, you know, honestly, you're like the fifth guest that has talked to us about the amygdala, and that could be probably a show in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, Sandra, I got to tell you, when I get stressed, I eat. I eat everything. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually not a chocolate person, but okay. I will eat, um, you know, jelly beans, or I will say, oh, I've got this big show with Sandra. Maybe I should have a bagel this morning. You know, I'd really like a bagel. This is... Uh, my way of coping. And I will tell you that with mothers who have just had a baby, I've always got somebody tell them that they can't have their chocolate because it's supposed to be bad for babies, which it really isn't. That's baloney. But anyway, I'm not going to tell them that because I feel like it might be their comfort food. But how do you get people away from all these sugary things, which I think there's fairly good research to show that it messes you up in more ways than one. But anyway, uh, how do you help people to beat their cravings? I guess that's what I'm asking. Okay. Well, that is a subject that I'm very passionate about. And I will okay. say that if people do check out Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, the archives, I've had some huge experts on on this topic. So, Ooh, nice. um, and, and I'm also on Voice America like Marie. Um, but I'll, okay. The cravings, you see, sugar has a very addictive uh, nature to it and uh, it spikes you up and then you crash down. And the cravings come a lot from um, an imbalance in your body. A, if you're having a lot of that kind of food. Uh, B, if you're not eating a healthy diet. So let's review very some very, very basic stuff. Um, and if you want to get more into it, there is a lot of information I'd love to share. So they can even contact me. So you can find me also on my website, www.helpforanxiety.com. 
helpforanxietydepression.com. That's helpforanxietydepression.com. And the name of the book is How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy and Empowered Woman. And it can be found on Amazon.com or on your website, Marie. And for the videos to help with anxiety, go to www.anxiety-videos.com anxiety-videos.com. So complex carbohydrates regulate your blood sugar so that the cravings don't come. Those are your whole wheat toast and um, all sorts of whole grains, oatmeal, stuff like that. And eating a steady diet of fruits and vegetables and whole foods I mean, I am definitely a person, I'm a foodie, and I am definitely a person who in my life used food to numb out. I mean, we all have, in my opinion, our drug of choice. And my famous story is always, um, give me a plate of brownies. Um, Those those days are long gone for me. And the cravings don't come if you eat a whole food diet. So again, um, what I mean by whole food is, again, a beautiful, unprocessed piece of fruit, vegetables, legumes, grains. The cravings will not come. And it is an incredible, has an incredible effect on mood and anxiety and depression. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. It's not my business how people eat. That's not the field I'm in. I'm not a nutritionist. But it became my business because it affects your mood. And you are quite right your cravings, 100%. Because when you go through a day and you're not eating and you're too busy with your baby or too busy working, well, then of course you're going to want the plate of brownies. I would too. It's the way I want. It's it's self-care, but it's not a good self-care. Yeah, and I got to say, I gave up all chocolate when I was 28 years old. And after that, I, I mean, I want a piece every once in a while, but I, pretty much I'm, I'm done with it I, and I don't miss it. Everybody, do not go away. Do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I will be right back with Sandra Reich from Straight Talk with Sandra Reich right after this message. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. 
Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with top Montreal therapist, Sandra Reich. And Sandra specializes in anxiety and depression. Sandra, I want to talk a little bit about psychotherapy. You know, to me, it's just sitting down on the couch talking to the the expert, the the therapist. Why does it work? Okay, well, first of all, uh, you're talking about traditional psychotherapy when you talk about just sitting and uh, talking to the expert. So you have to to be curious about who you're working with. So um, I'm working with you, Sandra. So (laughs) So what do you do? Well, you're definitely not just talking and I'm not just listening because I am, my training is in something called cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a strategy based therapy. So again, and my personal beliefs are that I would not want to go to a therapist who just listened to me. I don't find that that would be helpful for me and I would feel guilty charging money. So what we do is we try to give people strategies to help them live their best lives and show them where they're getting stuck so that we do do interventions. We work collaboratively with you. So it's not just just I'm the expert and you're the person with the problem. It's more that let's collaboratively find a solution to the things that are causing you problems, be it anxiety, be it depression, be it relationship problems, which are very linked to anxiety and depression. And it's amazing what can happen if there's a great alliance between a patient and a therapist and a therapist who is a specialist, by the way, uh, particularly if you're talking about relationships, anxiety or depression, look for a specialist. Um, You can really find out Well, cognitive behavioral tells you about your present, but I also integrate your past. Find out how your past has shaped you into the person you are and why you keep drawing the same patterns in your life over and over again and how to get out. And that is magical. I love it. See, Sandra, I could be wrong, but I think that maybe that's why some people don't go because they think it's just sitting on the couch talking to the shrink and the shrink, you know, nodding his head up and down. Yeah, I Yeah. And you mentioned on our last show together, too, about how it's important to get a specialist. So I guess the the analogy would be 
if you're having a baby, a specialist would be an uh, obstetrician. If you're having anxiety and depression, then it's somebody like Sandra who actually specializes in that. So uh, why why do you think that people don't come for help? Well, right now I think you're doing something very, very amazing, Marie, because I think that a lot of people are suffering. Anxiety and depression are uh, number one mental health disorders in North America. And uh, by the way, I think you'd be a great psychologist. I just want you to know. Because <laughs> you, w- you would, you see, you want a personality like Marie um, because you wouldn't hold back. Um, you, you would speak your truth. And so people don't come because they have that image from TV of lying on the couch and talking about their childhood and they say they're over their childhood. So um, I think they need to give it a shot to find the right person they can certainly call us we do skype sessions we do all sorts of things but you want someone who you vibe with so if you're listening to marie and you want someone like her or you want someone you want to ask for someone who's going to be directive so people think that they're just going to sit there spend their money and just ruminate over and over again about their past oh no 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 you're going to find the right person and you're going to find someone who there's going to be movement starting from session one and if you're not seeing there's movement it's a little bit like blind dating it's not not the right therapist try to move. I mean, maybe give it more than one session, but like when I met you, Marie, I knew you were my kind of girl. So if you were a therapist, I'd be working with you a hundred percent. We know this when we meet people. So you need to find a therapist who appeals to you. I'm very directive. I'm a straight talker. My clients really appreciate that, but I'm sure there's people who don't want that level of straight talk that I'm not the person for them because I will tell you straight if you're falling in a pattern of victimization and so on and so forth. Yeah, and and I guess that in some respects we do that whether we're hiring a therapist or whether we're hiring, uh, I don't know, a plumber might be a little bit of a a, a stretch. But you know, you got to click with people. Yeah. And other, if you don't click with people, it, you know, it's just really not a relationship that does you any good. Probably doesn't do them any good. So Sandra, you've talked to me at least once about some clients just can't get to quote, the next level. What do you mean by that? Okay, great question again. Um, Okay, so if you want to change your life, like you see, unfortunately, we're not magicians. So I said it's collaborative. So getting to the next level is stretching out of the comfort zone. So if you're comfortable feeling sorry for yourself, for example, and many of us are, and we all have those moments, and I I certainly have them, so no judgment there. But if you're comfortable feeling sorry for yourself all the time, for example, and you're used to being a victim, and that's, you don't want to do any of the strategies to feel better, then you cannot get to the next level. I could stand on my head and believe me, I've tried because I love when people get better. But I've learned as an older therapist that I can't, there's nothing I can do. I can't take you to the next level unless you want to go there. And it's it, there's growing pains. It's sure. not easy to get out of the comfort zone, whatever your comfort zone may be. And my own life has been very much like that. I've had to push myself out of the comfort zone over and over and over again. And I can definitely say it's not easy, but it's definitely worth the effort. And if you're willing to go out of your comfort zone, the sky is is the limit. The limit. You can change yeah. your life in any way possible, no matter what your circumstances were, no matter how dire they were. I promise you. Wow, I was going to ask you if you had a summary, but to me, that is about as good of a summary as I've ever heard. It's really up to you. 
Yeah. It, meaning you, the person, not necessarily you, the therapist. It's up to you, the person, to be able to sort of catapult yourself to that next level. Sandra, yes. you are, uh, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, I want to warn you, Sandra looks 29 years old, but she's oh, not. Oops. And she just referred to herself <laughs> as an older therapist. But, but anyway, don't be deceived by her youthful looks. Sandra, she's tell so us. Sweet. Uh, Tell us, I've never met her in person, so I don't know. Well, maybe and, that's why she, and that's why she thinks <laughs> I look 29. <laughs> Sandra, tell us about what you have for people. We know that you are the host of Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. What else do you do? How can we find you? How can we just fall in love with all the stuff you have to offer us? Uh, yes, with pleasure. Okay, so first of all, you can call us if you want to know more about our therapy and what we do or how to find someone or to do Skype, 514-777-4530. That's one option. We have anxiety treatment on DVDs at anxiety-videos.com where you can get the treatment in the comfort of your home. And I myself lead retreats for couples and for women. And they are fabulous. The next one's coming up in Mexico in November, please give me a call at 514-796-4357 or email me at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Again, that's info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Of course, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, I don't feel the least bit anxious because I'm just having a blast doing this with you. And I really do want to meet you one of these days. Oh, the women's retreat, the women's retreat. Ah! (laughs) It's at a spa, Marie. It's at a spa. Uh, I I want to tell you that uh, this hour always goes way, way too fast, but that's all the time that we have today. And before we sign off, I'd just like to thank my guest, who is also host of her own show, Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And for information about my show and previous shows, it's www.straighttalksandrareich.com. That's straighttalksandrareich.com. And that would be Sandra Reich. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I cannot thank you enough. You are doing amazing work, Marie. God bless. Oh, likewise. I'd like to thank all of you for listening to Born to be Breastfed, and I'd like to invite you all to come back next week. Now, if you're interested in Sandra's book, I will be featuring that on my website. And how do you get there? Well, that would be borntobebreastfed.com, borntobebreastfed.com, where we have an Amazon affiliate store. We also have books from other guests that we've had this month or earlier, in case you haven't figured out, this was uh, Mental Health Month here in the U.S., so we really did a big bang on uh, mood disorders. So, uh Remember, too, that we have a Facebook page. Check that out. Feel free to leave a question for me or for Sandra or for any of our guests. And by the way, please like us while you're there. Now, if you're a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses and tons of resources and my blog and all sorts of stuff are at my professional site. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.